Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Liam Holmes. I'm the owner of PH Nutrition and I am joined by Mr. Luke Hall today to talk all things supplements. Big man, how are you? Good, thank you, Liam. Yeah, a little bit under the weather. Everyone's kind of coming down with something this time of year, but powering through. It's like kind of a little bit of a break from Christmas in a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. And look, on, on the topic of supplements, and now you're, you're under the weather a little bit, is there any specific supplement strategies that you're using to help, help you get back into 100%? Oh, dude, um, yeah, hammering, hammering the greens powders, um, definitely. That's kind of like my one-stop shop, and I'll, I tend to, and this is probably totally, um, what's the word, in my head, but I tend to go for just a little bit more of a heat dose when I'm a little bit under the weather. Nice. That kind of a thing. Just Which do you use? Jet long, convince myself. I use a product called Victus, which Invictus. is set up by a friend of mine, Dave Stash in Sheffield. It's a good, it's a phenomenal product. It comes as like you get a green powder and then you get some recovery product for the evening as well. So it's capsules with, you know, magnesium, L-theanine, that kind of nice. stuff as well. So kind of one-stop shop, which I love. So yeah, New Victus. New Victus. Haven't tried that one. Yeah, we're, yes. I'm a big fan of greens powders. Uh, it's something that obviously Athletic Greens have really taken and, you know, marketing and product yeah. is, is superb. There's um, lots lots around that we used to use Amazing Grass. Before COVID, Amazing Grass was fantastic, but now it's like, I don't know, it's like 100 pounds, like, like 300 grams or something stupid. Uh, there's another one called Aververve which is set up by Oliver Cookson, who set up my protein and uh, very similar profile to basic greens, uh, but it's got vitamin D and vitamin K too, and a few other bits in it. That, that's, that one's good. I use protein works at the moment. That was, that was one. And then new, Ze- okay. new zest, new zest is another one in the greens that I've used historically. So I think, I think you're right, mate. A, a green powder is a really sensible thing to be utilizing, uh, especially this time of year. We utilize it with our athletes and clients who are doing kind of heavy training. So people that are potentially putting themselves under more stress and having just high levels of antioxidants, polyphenols, you know, usually the things have, you say, adaptogens or probiotics, other nutrients in. So it is a little bit of a kind of one-stop shop for it, but you want to be making sure that you're 
you know, looking at the ingredients list and, and getting one that has a really kind of good, good profile, decent amounts, and not just, you know, like a lot of them have like, like a vegan protein in as like the first ingredient or something and just fill it, filled it out. And then like 300 milligrams of some proprietary blend of superfoods, apparently, which is in a barely touch aside. So make sure that you say using, maybe try out some of the ones that we mentioned there. But cool, good stuff. Luke, we, we've got a couple of questions that we're going to kind of fire through today. And, and as normal, we put out a supplement Q&A. We, we get things on creatine. So let's box off creatine first of all, because it, it's always a common one. We uh, got asked, I take creatine first drink of the day and then have a coffee. Is this okay or should I delay one till later? Now, I think this may be asked due to some of the research or people that have been posting around the interactions with of creatine and caffeine and do we actually have to i think we did a podcast on this do we have to actually choose or you did a post on it what's the answer on that in short buddy in short the answer is not really it won't have a huge impact on kind of the absorption as long as you're kind of getting enough so it's yeah. not the end of the world it's one of those where it's it's sort of like if it has an impact the impact is going to be minimal compared to not taking it um so yeah. having it strength the day is what reminds you to take it is what reminds you to be consistent taking it every day then the the potential tiny impact on absorption or whatever that caffeine may have on it is not going to be an issue compared to forgetting to take it it's yeah. the way that i always like to think about those things mate 100 percent couldn't agree more the other thing is that sometimes people that take it on an empty stomach so if you're taking it before your you know coffee then you're not eating as well in you know drinking that coffee you can get a little bit of the adverse effect of bloating with creatine um but it can be like you say minimal like you say habit stacking it when you remember to take it because that is probably the most common thing that we find that people don't see the benefits of creatine maybe not being a non-responder but like they don't take it consistent enough to see the benefits or saturate their stores so making sure that you're doing it every day doesn't matter really when you take it i say very very small differences cool next one were from will scuds would you recommend creatine for general pop athletes who are not resistant to training? Now, we, we spoke off air on this. Like, we're guessing that this is around, you know, maybe more endurance, cycling, running. You know, if you're not doing any form of resistance training and creatine is synonymous with maybe strength, power, bodybuilding, this type of, you know, athlete or this type of person, this type of training modality. And actually, is it beneficial for someone that is just generally training? And maybe doing a little bit of running, other things. What's what's the what's your answer on that one, mate? Yeah, creatine. It's one of those where there's there's a decent amount of evidence now to suggest that it may help with endurance as well. I remember a paper that we reviewed a while back mm. that looked at cycling specifically. Yeah, but it looked at kind of cycling performance as a whole. If we're talking about cycling, we might not be here. Um, and it said that obviously because some sports like those are not just one steady pace kind of the whole time there's going to be a little bit of sprinting there's going to be some of the tension you've got to put down a little bit more power creatine showed an improvement in kind of performance there but creatine is still one of those that i would recommend to anybody even if they're not training as well i think i've mentioned this in the past and where it's one where i'd, I'd even recommend it to my mum who does pilates once a week and that's her kind of level of training because of the potential impact it may have on cognitive function yeah we can we can see it can improve memory and those kind of things are seen more as well. I think we've mentioned this in the past in people whose diets have less meat essentially because creatine the most kind of common place we find it is within meat and so vegan vegetarians you see kind of a, a genuine improvement in 
tons of measures of cognitive function, such as memory and focus and that kind of thing when you supplement creatine. So, yeah. And from the athletic performance, it can still help. Definitely, it can still help with recovery, especially if you're doing a lot of long kind of endurance stuff where your muscles might be under tension for long periods of time. It's going to impact that recovery the next day yeah. and, and as a whole. Uh, and then, as I say, for the cognitive benefits as well, still something yeah. that's super useful to take. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think it's also... You say it helps with recovery, helps with maintenance of muscle mass if you're dieting, if you're getting a little bit older as well. Creatine can be super beneficial for that. And it's, it's something that a lot of people may worry about in terms of supplements. And we think that it's just for athletes. And, you know, people that, that there's actually very few things that I recommend for the athletes that I don't kind of water down or, or advise people to be taking, you know, you're training four to five, six times a week. You know, there isn't there isn't something that we keep specifically under wraps for, you know, athletes. Like they might scale it up or down, but they say something like creatine should be used. You know, generally if you're training. So, um, we'll definitely get it in your in your supplement regime, buddy. Regardless, of, it's a lots of other benefits. Cool. Next one we had. I got asked this the other day. Pre workouts. This sounds like a stupid question, but there's a bit of there's a bit of context to it. Pre-workouts, when are they best to take? Now, obviously, pre-workout, but the the question was framed around the timing. So, you know, this person was talking around, right, well, should I take it 60 minutes before? Should I take it 45, 30 minutes? Should I take, I've seen people in the gym who are sipping on their pre-workout through the first part of their session. So what I kind of spoke about was, ideally, if you're taking something with caffeine in it, which a lot of pre-workouts do have, like say the the actual time it takes for caffeine to kind of have its effect is you're looking around 30 to 60 minutes. This is maybe down to what you've eaten, maybe down to your genetics on how fast you metabolize caffeine. But generally in that ballpark of 30 to 60 minutes, you're going to start to feel the benefits. Okay, you're going to start to feel more alert. Um, so taking it at the start of your session and maybe finishing your pre-workout 20 minutes, 30 minutes into your training session, you're not really going to reap the benefits because it's probably going to start to kick in as you're starting to warm down or you finish your session, basing this on an hour's training. Those that are maybe sipping it through the first part might be warming up. They might be doing a 90-minute session. So then I can still kind of see that, that there might be a little bit of efficacy in that. But for the majority of us, you want to be finishing your pre-workout with probably, I don't know, 15 minutes left before you're before you start warming up before you start your session and that kind of might pitch you in and around the right kind of a you know point where you start to kick in 15 minutes into your session so maybe when you've done your warm-up and you're starting to hit that first part of your training session you know but it's if, if it's even if it's a little bit less then you're still going to be getting it through through most of your training session so for me that's where i would do it the other thing is that you're going to allow your body to, to kind of like you know digest a little bit of that that water, um, and if it's got any other ingredients in there, they're also going to have a bit of time to actually be used. I think I say, like I say, a common fault is a lot of people using their pre-workout you know, throughout their session. You should be trying to do beforehand and then hydrate, you know, sip on water throughout your session. So, so yeah, get it, get, get it in there. We, so I, I've been involved in developing um, a pre-workout called Workout Fuel for March on Supplements, and we have a caffeine containing pre-workout with carbohydrates some nootropics some things to help blood flow but we also have a caffeine free version 
Um, and the last couple of questions we have are about this. But for those that are training in the evening, it is definitely something that you might want to kind of play around with because, um, like you say, t- caffeine and its effect on sleep in general, in general terms, in terms of like, right, you know, everyday kind of training sessions, you probably don't want the impact that it's going to have on sleep. But you might still want something. And, you know, this is this, this is something where we feel this is really kind of, you know, plugs the gap. But this goes on to a question that we got asked around high rocks and what so, so actually, we'll, we'll go to the, the previous question was, high rocks, Luke, any specific supplements that you would be taking leading into and on the day of doing a high rocks event? Yeah, so there's there's obviously the ones that kind of we've already mentioned, like creatine, that mm. kind of thing that's still useful to take for high rocks. B2-alanine as well, I think is still very useful. B2-alanine is a lactic acid buffer, so it helps obviously delay that kind of onset of fatigue. And there's been a decent amount of research, even though it's normally something safe for kind of like short-term sort of sprint kind of stuff, there's still a a decent amount of evidence around B2-alanine helping endurance-based events, that kind of thing as well. Nitrates are one that I think could be really, really useful. And for those of you that don't know what nitrates do is they essentially reduce the oxygen cost of exercise. So they mean that you can take in the same amount of oxygen, but fatigue less, if that makes sense. You get a little bit kind of more bang for your buck as you're taking in the oxygen. So energy levels kind of stay that up there for longer. Fatigue kind of slows, which is super, super useful. Nitrates are one where you can kind of get a benefit from acute use. So on the day, that's those beetroot shots that, that you'll see a lot of people doing. And there's there's some evidence to suggest as well that increasing just intake of nitrate-rich foods in the week before, that can still have a bit of an impact on performance. So that's definitely something that's worth doing. So talking beetroot is the one that everybody kind of always thinks of, but stuff like leafy green veg as yeah. well. I believe actually has quite a lot of nitrates in that kind of thing. A beetroot tends to be easier just because it is so kind of concentrated. Yeah. And it can be quite an easy thing to do, um, both on the day with the beetroot shots and leading up by having some beetroot juice, that kind of thing, and just knocking it back. So that's one that could be useful. Always worth prepping that kind of stuff. Obviously, with any kind of like concentrated drink like beetroot, it could cause some digestive upset. So it's worth testing for sure. If you've got a pretty big sort of high rock style session in the weeks leading up, trialing it with the shots beforehand can be really, really useful. Yeah. Um, trialing just gels. I mean, we've talked obviously about supplement, but carbs still over supplement in this instance yep. if you're taking on like gels and stuff during the race and, and it's always important to trial those for sure for the same reason as the uh, nitrate stuff is because it may cause some gut upset there's going to be a lot of jostling going on in high rocks when you're doing however many war walls and straight into the run and then you're bunched over pushing a sled or whatever uh, your gut's going to be not finding it easy yeah. so as long as you if you if you are taking on carbs and you may not need to because the time domain might not be sort, sort of big enough to warrant it if you're super fit super fast sort of mm-hmm. thing then always test them before i think is useful and we've already mentioned caffeine caffeine's always going to be helpful uh, there's one that we kind of spoke about off air a little bit in, in sodium bicarb which has works similar in a way to beeswellity where it kind of buffers lactic acid yeah. and, and that's one where there's, there's there's a lot of very good evidence around sodium bicarb being beneficial for performance but it's one that we don't really use too much. Mm. And Liam and I were saying off air, that's ultimately because it's a it's lot of pain faff. in the arse. It's a lot of faff. And we've just talked about gut upset. It is more yeah. likely to cause gut upset than the others as well. So it's like, it's a pain in the arse to use. 
and there's a decent amount of risk there. Yeah. There is there is reward, but for the most part, it's not necessarily worth the reward in my practical experience anyway. I completely agree. I tried it with a few athletes and tried it in the footy club back in the day with Fulham and it's just so hard because you've got to have small doses to negate any kind of gastric issues. And it's just it's just such a faff. Uh, do you know of any studies, mate, that pitted beta alanine, sodium bicarb, and then like beta alanine and sodium bicarb? <laughs> Not off the top of my head. I don't know. That, be that a would good be interesting study, to dive into. That'd be a good study, I think, because like you say, it doesn't work on it works on similar pathways, but trying to achieve a very similar thing. So if you're taking beta alanine, I don't know, would that would would there be a, a synergistic effect? Would there be an enhanced effect of taking sodium bicarbonate? I don't know. Any researchers listening? That'd be a cool one to do. So yeah, just replicating guys, like a lot of the time, like say high rocks, you know, specific gyms are, are around now. So you'd be doing high rock specific sessions, you know, practice what you're gonna be taking. Like what are you gonna be doing pre workout, uh, pre event, sorry, what are you gonna be taking during you know, and even if you're not going to be doing like a full 68 to 90 minute session, you know, where you're, where you're at and actually replicating the whole high rocks, like you can still test, you know, taking a gel during your workout or before your workout to see how you, to see you do it. If you're going to be using one on the run or on one before one of the runs in your event, just looping back to caffeine. So this was what I was talking about in terms of um, evening trainers. I got asked, about what if my start time is later in the afternoon or in the evening, would I recommend that they take caffeine before? Because obviously there's lots of benefits in terms of caffeine and performance. So my answer to this was how important is this event to you, your performance? And they were like, yeah, it's, it's pretty important. I've done a couple of high rocks. I want to, I want to push my time. And I was just like, well, smash the caffeine then because you know, what happens afterwards is relevant. If you, you know, you, you can have one night of disrupted sleep. If your, if your performance is something that you really care about, you know, it's more important to you than worrying about what you do afterwards. So it would be, you know, if it's not, if, you know, if it's, if it's just something that you're just turning up and doing, then I'd be like, well, okay, make sure that your food's on point, the hydration's on point, and you don't need to be worrying about the caffeine. But they say if you're someone that's trying to push the boundaries and, you know, get a really good time, then, you know, you've got to be looking at, look, performance is the, is the focus. Don't worry about what happens afterward. It's like when we supplement with caffeine in the evening games for footballers. You know, we don't want them to worry about, well, oh, I must be in bed by 12 o'clock or I must fall asleep within 45 minutes to get into bed. Like, no, they've got to win a game. So there are strategies that we use in, in you know, post-game. We have a couple of a supplement called Nighttime Recharge that has, like, some nutrients to help kind of calm the nervous system, get many carbohydrates, different methods to kind of help switch their switch their brain off and bring them bring them into a kind of more say parasympathetic state. But still, sometimes it's unavoidable. But you know, if they win the game, happy days. So they can they can deal with one night and disrupt their sleep. So for me, that's how I would approach it. But like I said, looping back to what I was talking about in terms of the training sessions, like if you're just going to be smashing like three hundred grams of you know three hundred milligrams of caffeine on a Tuesday night before your strength and skill you may, maybe you want to rethink that so <laughs> yeah that's where i would that, that's where that's for me where we got to separate kind of performance and just kind of general training cool on cat ali was the last one this is 
Well, kind of off the back of men's, uh, sorry, of Movember, I did a few kind of men's health talks over that time. And I, I got asked about Tonkat Ali quite a lot. Um, now, this is a supplement that had become a little bit more popular with a few uh, famous podcasters promoting the benefits of it. And we've spoken about things in terms of testosterone boosters, maybe kind of things like testosterone and other ectosteroids and, you know, other testosterone boosters that maybe have kind of come and, and then gone. But Tonka Ali is one that I think, for me, my opinion is gaining a little bit more kind of evidence, gaining a little bit more robust evidence. And I, I, I think it's going to be something that is going to be here to stay. I think it works on kind of a numerous different pathways in terms of potentially kind of lowering cortisol levels, increasing luteinizing hormone, increasing growth hormone, you know, but it's the, the main research or uh, well, the main benefits from the research is it's shown that it helps with hypogonadal men. So people that with lower testosterone levels, it helps to raise them to a normal level or a, a sufficient level. It hasn't yet been proven to help if you've got normal levels or in decent levels of testosterone to enhance it. It doesn't, it doesn't continually keep enhancing you know, your testosterone levels. So again, some people might find a benefit of it. Some people aren't. But if you are, if you do have low testosterone levels, then it might be something to look into. But before you do this, my, well, the, the areas that are the principles that I was talking about in all of the, the conversations I was having through November and, and I do nowadays is to make sure that you're not using this as a kind of first port of call. So it's trying to fix or understand potentially why your testosterone levels are low in the first in the, in, in the in the in the first place. Now, if you've gone through this process of maybe fixing your sleep, of eating enough calories for the level of training that you're doing, maybe leaning out if you're very you know, if you're overweight, or increasing your body fat if you're super 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 lean, and trying to do the things that are fundamental to increasing testosterone levels. Then taking a supplement such as Tonka Ali, which is say plant extract, I think it's I think it's okay. Like I do think that I'm, you know, leaning more towards saying like yeah, like give it a go. Like it's something that if you've say lifestyle is is pretty good, then I think it can be can be it might be beneficial. And so yeah, I, I'm going to keep my eye on this one. So for the, for the, say for, for men out there, I think there's a lot of testosterone boosters around, but I would say like if you can kind of go down that, you know, lifestyle stuff sort your sleep out, eat enough, do the right training, and then it might be something that you want to add in. However, before you do that, I would definitely advise you to get some blood work done, you know, and fix any deficiencies. So something like Tonka Ali, you know, and this goes to, you know, towards like nootropics and adaptogens, you're not going to be deficient in Tonka Ali, like, you know, so it's not going to come up on your blood work. But you might be deficient in vitamin D, your omega ratio, which me and Luke, we've spoken about a lot in, in previous episodes, you know, high levels of inflammation, you might have insufficient zinc, you might have, you know, high inflammation in the body in, in general. Look at these, and these can be, you know, derived from your blood markers. Fix these first. Like vitamin D is really cheap. You know, zinc is cheap. You can get it from foods. Like you've got to be thinking about trying to get these things done first, and then you can start to add these types of supplements in. But like I said, for me, there's a little bit more kind of evidence coming out that um, you know, would be beneficial. Kind of on on the back of that, with like ashwagandha as well. Again, again, again you know, more and more studies coming out, you know, to to show that it's that it can be beneficial managing cortisol levels, helping with 
like strength, maybe testosterone levels as well. So there are some things, guys, if, if you are, you know, struggling with this type of thing, then let me know. But you need to get some blood work done first. Don't just get your testosterone levels done. Get the whole profile done and, and look at what you're deficient in because that's probably going to be the biggest driver of helping your health and performance. But cool, I, I, I'll look out for it. But look, you're, you're a young, you're a young, fit guy, you know, you're a 38-year-old, stiff, tired man. So, you know, maybe you don't need to worry about concatenate just yet, buddy. Maybe. No, I think I've, I've, I get blood work done as well. So yeah, exactly. Pretty decent in the, in the lab. When was the last time you had some blood work done? Uh, last month, actually. Yeah? Pretty recently. Anything so, come back? Um, yeah. To be all within good, decent, I mean, the classic, like, creatinine was high because yeah. I train. Uh, and it's like, you know, for that to be low they want you to rest obviously how many days beforehand and just that's not gonna happen. Yeah. so i'll take the hit i'll be like oh yeah that's high cool we know why i'm not gonna stop training vitamin d was normal range but to the lower levels of the normal range okay. which we kind of expect this time of year anyway so just a case of making sure i keep taking uh, to stick in that range uh yeah good yeah the the inflammation side of things or the muscle breakdown like people that get blood work done you might see liver enzyme and alt that's normally yeah. elevated if people that are trained regularly. K, I say, might be elevated and I say creatinine as well. So again, like this, this is really important. And we're going off a little bit of a tangent. We'll finish up. But this is really important to get blood work done regularly. So Luke's looking at trends there. Like I look at trends. So you can be like, right, well, where's my vitamin D trending? Is it, you know, making sure that I can be proactive next year that I know that it normally trends down from October. So you can be a bit more proactive with it rather than just looking at a snapshot. So something like cholesterol, you don't know if you only get one thing done, you don't know whether that's trending up or trending down or staying the same. So if you can get some regular blood work done every three months, once you get it done you know, regularly, you may stretch it out to six months, once a year, once everything's you know, pretty good. It's just a really nice thing to kind of look at. So like I said, you know then, you know, what's under, what's your physiology, what's, what's under the hood, and, you know, rather than just getting a snapshot. So very good, buddy, very good cool I, I think that wraps it up like guys reach out to us on instagram like supplements is such a huge area and you know there, there is an untold amount of stuff but we really want to kind of try to do the basics here so if you do have any more questions like i said pop us a, pop us a message on instagram more than happy to direct you voice note your back you know help you with everything the blood work that we use we're using thriver you can use omnos you know there's some really really good ones those are the two that i probably use medichex other people use as well so go on there get some help in the blood work done but thank you so much for listening Lukey thank you so much for, for joining me on this podcast it's been very uh, informative I hope you are going to be feeling a little bit better buddy and for everyone that's listening thank you so much for your support and we will catch you on the next episode Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.